0: Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it.
1: Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life.
2: Hello and welcome to the third season of Pro-Life Primetime News. Today is Friday, January 5th. I'm Teresa Watson.
3: And I'm Leslie Palma. We started the show the week Roe v. Wade was overturned in 2022, and there's been no shortage of pro-life news since then. Thanks for staying with us.
2: In our top story tonight, we'll take a look at the abortion landscape, which is still changing nearly a year and a half after the fall of Roe. Kelsey Pritchard from Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America will join us to help us prepare for what's ahead.
3: Republicans' majority in the U.S. House of Representatives is shrinking as another GOP congressman calls it quits. Teresa will tell you all about it in political news in a nutshell.
2: Why are women who are not pregnant choosing abortion? Leslie will explain in Abortion in the News. We'll close with a story about
3: a life-saving procedure the left labels junk science that led to the birth of a sweet little baby boy named Dexter. Please stay with us. As the new year begins, the unborn are protected from abortion in 14 states and another seven states have laws protecting babies when a heartbeat can be detected or at 12 weeks or 15 weeks gestation. But at least 38 lawsuits have been filed challenging protective laws in 23 states, so the situation can change dramatically. States with no or few limits on abortion spent 2023 repealing laws already on the books, as in Minnesota, where 24 hour waiting period and parental notification laws were scrapped and Michigan, where laws regulating abortion facilities were deemed unnecessary and repealed.
2: As we head toward the November elections, abortion extremists in Florida, Arizona, Nevada, Montana, Nebraska, South Dakota, and Missouri are hoping to put a ballot initiative in front of voters in an effort to invent a right to abortion in those states' constitutions. In the abortion-friendly states of Maryland, New York, and Colorado, lawmakers who control the amendment process have already succeeded in putting measures on the November ballot that would, in their words, enshrine abortion rights in those states' constitutions.
3: So the abortion landscape remains in flux, as it has since the June 2022 Supreme Court decision overturning Roe v. Wade. To help us understand how the landscape could continue to change in 2024, we've asked Kelsey Pritchard, Director of State Public Affairs for Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America to join us this evening. Welcome, Kelsey.
0: Thank you for having me.
2: Well, Kelsey, I've read that conservative lawmakers in states that already have passed pro-abortion constitutional amendments could move to block those measures. Do you see any cause for optimism in places like Ohio, Kansas, or Michigan?
0: you know, throughout the election in Ohio and Michigan, abortion activists there told people that their measure would not allow abortion all nine months. They said it would not eliminate women's health and safety protections. Yet we see a bill in Ohio right now that would do both of those things. And Governor Whitmer in Michigan signed a, a bill that gets rid of the partial birth abortion ban, and that eliminates health and safety protections for women. So You know, I think conservatives should do everything they can to fight against measures in Ohio and other states um, that do these things because they are representing the will of the people. The unfortunate reality is that these ballot measures passed with a lot of deception. The abortion industry poured millions into these races. George Soros poured millions into those ballot measures to deceive people on what they actually do. And now in Ohio and Michigan, when they realize what they've actually passed, um, I, I don't think the people are for those extreme measures of allowing abortion in the seventh, eighth, and ninth month of pregnancy. And so, I, you know, the lawmakers there, the elected officials there should do everything they can within their power to protect the unborn and to help women. In Kansas, particularly, there, there wasn't a pro abortion ballot measure that passed in Kansas. Rather, it was a pro life ballot measure that failed in Kansas. And they have a Democrat governor there, yet the legislature, last legislative session, they passed new funding for pregnancy resource centers, and they also passed a measure to protect born-alive survivors, so infants who survive abortions, giving them the same protections as any other baby that gestational age. So um, it's promising that in Kansas they pass those things, even though the governor vetoed those measures. Two-thirds of the legislature in that state overrode those vetoes and made some progress there in Kansas. And so, you know, we encourage those in Ohio and Michigan and other states to do whatever they can um, this legislative session and next year to protect babies however they can and to also help mothers.
3: Well, the ballot initiatives are going to keep us all busy this year. And as you said, pro-life hasn't been very successful because of the big bucks from the other side. But do you have any advice for people in states where these questions will come up in November?
0: I do. Get involved now and urge your elected officials, especially those who are Republican and those who say they're pro-life, to get involved right now as well in raising money and bringing attention to the issue to expose how extreme these measures are. I live in South Dakota and a poll was just released recently that showed our ballot measure, the support and opposition for our abortion ballot measure is about even and women, the majority of women do not support the ballot measure in South Dakota. Now, why is that when we see poll after poll in some of these other states that shows wide support for ballot measures? Well, it's because Planned Parenthood and the ACLU are not supporting the abortion measure in South Dakota uh, there's been a lot of infighting with them and the group Dakotans for Health that is bringing the ballot measure. So guess what? They're not gonna they're not putting money into this fight here. And so we have much more of a shot. And so South Dakota just shows the other states what is possible when it's an even fight and when there isn't millions upon millions poured in by leftist outside groups. And so um would urge people to contact your um, if you have a Republican governor or any members of Congress who are Republican in, in getting the word out now about these measures and in, in them leading the fight and raising the money so that we have a chance at defeating these extreme abortion measures.
2: Well, Kelsey, this month, 37 state legislatures will open their sessions with another nine gaveling in next month. Do you expect to see many abortion-related bills being introduced in either pro-life or pro-abortion states?
0: We do. And something that we are pushing for this legislative session is called Pro-Life Safety Net legislation. And that is legislation that supports mothers and families throughout the states. And and that really rounds out the overall pro-life mission. We exist, of course, to protect lives and save lives of unborn babies. We also exist to support mothers and support families as they, as they raise those babies. So, Um, We are supporting measures that give resources and any sort of support to pregnancy centers throughout the nation, which provide all sorts of support to mothers, whether it's through a free ultrasound or diapers or financial assistance. Um, More states providing more resources to those centers is always a good thing. We also support some childcare support as well. Um, We know that daycare is very expensive for parents, for mothers, um, so states providing some sort of tax credit, getting creative about supporting childcare services in their state. We support that. We also support um, child support starting when a baby is in the womb and states pre- passing policies for that, as well as some adoption reforms and creating a package of services that support adoptive mothers who give up their, their babies for adoption. Um, unfortunately, we can expect a lot of bad legislation in blue states this year. And some of that I think will be attacks on pregnancy resource centers, which is very unfortunate and I think shows that a lot of our leftist Democrats have become not pro-choice, but now they are pro-abortion, not wanting women to have the true choice and the support of pregnancy help centers.
3: So what do you have, uh, what kind of advice do you have for passionately pro-life people who live in these abortion-friendly states? How can they continue to be a voice for the unborn?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, first of all, and this this would be advice for anyone, anywhere who is pro-life, don't underestimate the power of prayer and that God is in control. And even though that we we are in the battle right now, the war has already been won. And so pray for his intervention and pray for more victories. And, you know, we're the underdog a lot of the time, but we have a righteous cause. And so asking for God's help every day and his guidance is can never be uh, un- overstated. Um, and secondly, get involved however you can and pray about how to get involved, whether that's through just talking through your to your family and friends about why you're pro-life, whether that is, volunteering at a pregnancy center, or is there a group of people that gets together to pray for women who are considering for abortion, considering abortion, um, whatever form that takes, we all have a, have a role to play, a part to play in, in ending this atrocity. And finally, I would say, um, think about the, the role that the national government could and should play in a national protection for unborn children. And I think it's unfortunate that a lot of people and people on our side who have come to view this issue as a state's rights issue, but it's not a state's rights issue, it's a human rights issue. And babies in California and Illinois, their lives are just as valuable as babies in Texas and South Dakota. And so we need some sort of national protection. And I know we're not gonna get there tomorrow, but if we can start expressing our support for that kind of policy um, to our elected officials, to people who are running for office, you know, so we can eventually get there, that is extremely important for our movement. And finally, it's just to remember that human rights struggles, they take time. They, they aren't uh, solved overnight. And great injustices just take a lot of persistence and patience to rectify. So um we're we've been under 50 years of of the political stronghold of the abortion industry under row and it's going to take time to undo those deeply rooted lies that have legitimized the taking of 63 plus million lives in this country and so i'm grateful because this this movement is patient we are persistent we are faithful and so to just continue along that fight and to recognize that any small step is a huge victory just based on how long we've been fighting this fight and to take heart in that and to keep keep on keeping on.
2: Great. Well, well, that's great words of wisdom. Thank you, Kelsey. And we really appreciate you taking the time to join us and share your insights at the start of this very busy year for you. So thank you so much and good night. Thank good you, Leslie. Thanks, Teresa. Bye. House Republicans already slim majority will dwindle even further later this month when Representative Bill Johnson, Republican from Ohio, resigns earlier than expected. Johnson's office on Tuesday confirmed the congressman's new official resignation date as of January 21st, after he was expected to resign to take a job as president of Youngstown State University before mid-March. The resignation will leave the House with 219 Republicans, 213 Democrats, and three vacancies, meaning Republicans will be able to afford to lose only two votes on any party-line measure, assuming full attendance. Currently, the Republicans have a three-vote cushion with the resignation of former Speaker Kevin McCarthy, Republican from California, on December 31st, and the expulsion of former Representative George Santos, Republican from New York, accounting for the two other vacancies. A special election to replace Santos is set for February 13th. Election analysts at the nonpartisan Cook Political Report rated the special election as a toss-up. Former Representative Tom Susie, a Democrat who previously represented the district, is facing pro-life Republican Mazzy Melissa Pillup, a Nassau County legislator. Pillup has a compelling personal story. Born in Ethiopia, she immigrated to Israel as a refugee at age 12 and later came to the United States after marrying her husband. They are the parents of seven children. When asked about her position on abortion, she has said she is pro-life. Democrats, however, plan to make abortion a major issue in the special election. Susie's campaign website prominently features a section on reproductive freedom, stating Tom will always fight to defend a woman's right to make her own health care decisions. And in welcome news for Republicans, Representative Brian Higgins, Democrat from New York, is expected to resign from the House in February. He cited his frustration with dysfunction in Congress when he announced his resignation. Election officials say Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has collected enough signatures to appear on the 2024 presidential ballot in Utah, making the first state where the independent candidate and prominent anti-vaccine conspiracy theorist has qualified. Kennedy has met the 1,000 signature requirement needed to qualify for the Utah ballot and can officially file to run as a presidential candidate in the state before a March 5th deadline. Former President Donald Trump plans to skip a Republican presidential primary debate in Iowa next week and instead will hold a live town hall on Fox News in Des Moines. Trump avoided all of the four previous GOP debates as well, drawing criticism from his opponents, but little apparent blowback from Republican voters in early nominating states. Polls continue to show the former president maintaining a commanding lead over the rest of the GOP field. The next GOP debate will be hosted by CNN at Drake University in Des Moines on January 10th, just days before the Iowa caucuses on January 15th. Unlike the previous debates, the one in Iowa is not sanctioned by the Republican National Committee. According to CNN, only Trump, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, and former UN Ambassador Nikki Haley have met CNN's qualifications to participate. That means the debate will be a showdown between Haley and DeSantis. And that's political news in a nutshell.
3: Women across the country apparently are choosing abortion even when they are not pregnant. The mainstream media is gleefully reporting that a study published Tuesday in a medical journal found women across the country stockpiling abortion pills in case they get pregnant in the future and want to kill their babies. In September 2021, Aid Access, a company that sells abortion pills to women who have not been seen by a doctor, began selling the pills to women who are not pregnant in a scheme they call advanced provision. Prior to the May 2022 leak of the Supreme Court decision overturning Roe v. Wade, aid access averaged about 25 requests for pills per day from women who were not pregnant. Since the leak, requests for drugs to kill babies that have not yet been conceived have jumped to 118 per day. A federal appeals court has sided with Texas over a Biden administration attempt to force physicians to perform abortion despite the state's laws protecting nearly all babies. A federal guidance issued in 2022 said doctors must provide stabilizing care, including abortion, if needed to save the life of a pregnant woman. But the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled on Tuesday that the Biden rule was an overreach and an unnecessary expansion of the Emergency Medical Treatment and Labor Act, which directs emergency physicians to stabilize patients regardless of their ability to pay. In a major victory for pro-life, the court's three-judge panel agreed with Texas that the Biden rule would force abortions in the state. A county judge in Idaho last week ruled that a legal challenge initiated by the New York-based Center for Reproductive Rights against Idaho's abortion laws may continue. The case seeks to increase the exceptions to the Idaho law, which is among the most protective in the nation. A woman serving five years in prison after admitting to setting fire to an abortion business in Casper, Wyoming, has been ordered to pay nearly $300,000 in restitution. Lorna Green, 22, was a college student studying mechanical engineering when, she testified, she began having nightmares about the abortion facility as it was under construction in 2022. Meanwhile, a sentencing hearing is set for February 14th for a man who admitted firebombing a pro-life office building in Madison, Wisconsin in May, 2022. 29-year-old Radindu Chowdhury pleaded guilty to federal charges last month for the attack on Wisconsin family action. He was identified by DNA left at the scene and arrested at Boston's Logan Airport as he attempted to flee to Guatemala. Arkansas has again earned the designation of most pro-life state in the nation. This is Arkansas's fourth year as the most pro-life state in America after the state maintained existing protections for life and enacted an additional nine life protecting laws. The organization Americans United for Life said in a statement to Life News, but Arkansas is facing challenges from other pro-life states including Mississippi, South Dakota, and Florida. Vermont remained at the bottom of the list, preceded by other abortion-friendly states like New Jersey, Oregon, Washington, and Hawaii. Arkansas was in the news again this week after the commander of the Arkansas Air National Guard resigned his post in protest of a Biden administration rule that forces the military to fund abortion travel. Colonel Dylan Patterson submitted his letter of resignation December 18th, and on Tuesday, Arkansas Governor Sarah Sanders sent a letter to Biden informing the abortion advocate-in-chief of the resignation and the reason behind it. Colonel Patterson will remain an active member of the Arkansas Air National Guard and his resignation will not impact his rank or service record. And one more item from Arkansas, Governor Sanders has issued a proclamation once again declaring January 22nd a day of tears in the state. The anniversary of the Supreme Court's 1973 Roe v. Wade decision has been observed as a day of tears since 2021 in Arkansas, with Arkansans encouraged to lower their flags to half staff in memory of the tens of millions of babies killed by legal abortion in the US. A Florida appeals court on Wednesday rejected a teenager's attempt to have an abortion without getting consent from a parent or guardian. The girl, identified only as Jane Doe, went to the appeals court after a county judge turned down her request for a waiver that would allow her to have an abortion. The appeals court Wednesday said it did not have legal jurisdiction to decide the case and dismissed it. Judges said the case represented only the girl's interests and left out the interests of her parents. Also in Florida, the state Supreme Court will hear oral arguments February 7th on a proposed amendment that seeks to invent a right to abortion in the state constitution. Attorney General Ashley Moody will argue against the pro-abortion measure. The group behind the ballot initiative said it is close to validating the required number of signatures it needs by February 1st to get the amendment on the ballot in November. And that's abortion in the news.
2: A mom who calls her seven-month-old son, Dexter, a gift of second chances, is speaking out about the abortion pill reversal process that saved her precious baby's life and, in her words, gave her life purpose. The young mom, named Cassidy, shared her experience at the Heartbeat International Conference last year. And Lisa Bourne, managing editor of Pregnancy Help News, has written about Cassidy's story for her publication, Lisa is joining us this evening to talk about abortion pill reversal or APR and how it has saved thousands of babies like like Dexter. Welcome, Lisa.
1: Thank you for having me. It's good to be with you.
2: So,
3: Lisa, tell us Cassidy's story and how you found out about her at Heartbeat. Well,
1: Cassidy, like so many women, was facing an unplanned pregnancy and she thought that abortion was her only choice. Which is so unfortunate. So, um, you know, feeling that she was backed into a corner, she took the first abortion pill, started the, a chemical abortion. Um, she had shared her story through social media, hoping that other moms could be saved what she had gone through. Um, And uh, very often the moms who come to the Abortion Pill Rescue Network will be willing to share their stories, even if they've, whether they've shared them out on social media or not. So she, she came in through the network to have a reversal. And then she was so moved as many of them often are to share her story. So she can help spare other ladies from going through the same thing. So she even drove 10 hours last April while she was 38 weeks pregnant to tell her story at the heartbeat conference. So, um, and Heartbeat is the um, manager of the Abortion Pill Rescue Network, uh, being the largest network of pregnancy help in both the U.S. and globally. So, her her uh, usually when they come to the network they develop a relationship within the network um, whether that be through their their original um, doorway in which is their local pregnancy help center or once they get into the network which is managed by heartbeat so they can come to us any number of ways but she was so moved that she has been telling her story ongoing with heartbeat and outside of heartbeat that's great yeah
2: (laughs) This young woman had a very special Christmas with her baby boy, but it's heartbreaking to think about other moms who don't know about APR. Can you tell us how it works and how many babies are alive today because of it?
1: Yes, um, Cassidy did share with us her wonderful story at Christmas time because she is still so grateful and and she is blessed that way. But like you say, so many other moms might not know about it. So um, chemical abortion, it, it, folks should know, has become the most prevalent form of abortion in the US. It's more than half. The, the statistics vary. So it's, it's um, two drugs, mifepristone and misoprostol. Mifepristone blocks the progesterone in the pregnant mom's system and that starves her baby of nece, uh, the necessary nutrients. Um, a day or two later when they take that second drug, that will cause the mother to go in labor and then deliver her deceased child abortion pill reversal consists of prescribing bioidentical progesterone after that first drug mifepristone is taken to counter mifepristone's effects. This is an updated application of a treatment that's been used since the 1950s to combat miscarriage. So it's it's in theory, nothing new. I've known someone close to me whose progesterone levels were low in early pregnancy and had to take this treatment, um, not reversal, but had to take progesterone. So, if a mom acts soon enough after taking that first abortion drug, not taking the second one, after taking the first one, then it may be possible to save her unborn child through abortion pill reversal. And statistics show to date that more than 4,500 lives and counting have been saved due to APR. Well,
3: I'll to that. <laughs> <laughs> The abortion industry hates abortion pill reversal and the abortion friendly media goes right along with them. How can we as a movement help spread the word about APR so that more moms like Cassidy will have a second chance?
1: Well, first of all, edu- educate yourself about it. Um, it's, it's widely known, but uh, I'm still running into folks all the time that either they're, they're pro-life and they may not know about this. So you can't do enough to talk about it, but educate yourself first. We report on it regularly at pregnancyhelpnews.com. If you go to heartbeatinternational.org and go to the Our Work tab, there's an APR tab within there that will give you all the information about the Abortion Pill Rescue Network. And then also abortionpillreversal.com, the actual website for APR. So that will give you some basics, but, and there's also Heritage House, which some folks may be avail, um, familiar with, rather, they, they have materials, printed materials that you can order, because a lot of the awareness raising is happening on the sidewalk, where sidewalk counselors will hand information to moms who are going in for an abortion, and they had no idea um, that they could change their mind, and um, this is one way of getting that information to them. Very often, the mom's... Come out, and they on their own will go on to the internet and start searching. So talk about it, learn about it, um, become more involved as you as you can yourself as a as a pro life advocate, and just let everyone you know know about it. It's 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 amazing. There are so many lives, and and we can't get the word out strongly enough about this. It's so important.
2: Yeah, yeah. well, Lisa, thank you so much for joining us and sharing this beautiful story with our viewers. Abortion Pill Reversal offers a real choice to moms who change their minds about abortion. So we thank you for the work you do at Heartbeat and and Pregnancy Health News. Good night, Lisa.
3: Thanks for coming.
2: Thank you so much for joining us on Pro-Life Primetime
3: News, produced at Priest for Life headquarters in Titusville, Florida.
2: If you like our show, please support us by making a donation to ProLifeGift.org. These donations help fund all of our work here at Priest for Life which enables us to continue educating, equipping, and activating God's people to end abortion. For all your pro-life news updates during the week, please follow us on X at Pro-Life News Show. I'm Teresa Watson, Executive Manager.
3: I'm Leslie Palma, Communications Director. Remember, life is the only choice.
1: This has been the End Abortion Podcast.